Welcome to Creatively Christian, a podcast by Theophany Media, where we inspire, inform, educate, and empower creative Christians of all types. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Hollingsworth. Today, I interview Nicholas Mueller about his faith-centered comics inspiration and marketing tips for creatives. And remember, if you enjoy this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, everyone. This is Brandon Hollingsworth, one of the uh, podcast hosts for, uh, for Theophany Media's Creatively Christian podcast. And I am super excited to be on uh, the podcast today with Nicholas Mueller, uh, a gentleman that I've been following uh, for some time on Twitter and on social media, and only just really connected with yesterday personally. Uh, and it was a great, a great meeting. Uh, hello, Nicholas. Thanks for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me on here. And uh... Congratulations on getting this all started up and going. This is going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, we um, we're actually recording this in late October, and it won't be out until probably sometime in January because we're trying to build a huge backlog for Theophany and for Creatively Christian. Um, and Creatively Christian is a podcast, and it is all about inspiring, informing, empowering, and educating uh, Christian creatives out there in the world. So. Uh, without further ado, we'll get started here with Nicholas today, who is a self-proclaimed husband and father of five amazing kids who loves, yeah. to, who loves to create and share his testimony through his art. So um, I know the listeners are all going to like, what, five kids? What are you talking about? <laughs> and that's actually something that Nicholas and I have in common. We both have five kids. We, we, um, we found that out yesterday. Tell us, tell us a little bit about what it's like to be the father of five, Nicholas. Well, um, being a father of five means that uh, you're constantly moving, you're busy. Um, it, the minute you've taken care of one problem, there's about four other problems that are right <laughs> behind it. So, <laughs> but it, it, it's, it's a joy in unto itself. And people that go, how can you handle five kids? Well, you know, you, you never think about handling five kids. You just think about handling each one individually on its own. And, and you just kind of, because they're your kids. You're going to love them unconditionally, no matter what. And, and, and the people would be like, did you plan on having five? No, it just, it came each time we had a kid and we, we kind of prayed over like, what was our next step in our journey of, in our walk and our faith. And me and my wife, be like, we just felt the Lord pressing upon us that we're supposed to have one more. And now that we're five, we definitely are feeling like this, this is probably enough. This we're is good. good. We're, we're, we're more than that. doubly outnumbered now. So we're, yeah. we're good. <laughs> we, we have to call in the cavalry if we, uh, yeah. if we need to change diapers at once or something like that. So that's a good indicator. My wife and I were the right. same exact way, Nicholas. We, uh, we, we loved, loved having five kids, love having five kids. It's not like mm-hmm. they're gone. Um, and uh, we enjoyed every minute of it, but it is, it's a challenge. And I yeah. think that, I think that kind of speaks to a, a little bit uh, what it's like to be a creative as well, because mm. when you're creative, um, you also, you deal with one problem and guess what? You turn around, there are four more little problems there waiting for you. to Absolutely. <laughs> so, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about uh, how you are creative. You say that, um, you know, that you like to share your testimony through your art. And I see some amazing art up here on the screen uh, for something called Demon Hunter Raven. So tell us a little bit about um, your brand of art and what it is that you're passionate about doing. Well, uh, I'm a creator that loves comic books, movies, and superhero flicks. And a lot of that um, you'll see in my work and that, um, not to say that Demon Hunter Raven in itself is a superhero book, but definitely will kind of um, be sort of based within that reality. Um, there's, There's super elements to it. Um, but uh, as it said, as you said earlier, I'm a creator that love, I love creating. I love sharing my testimony through my art. 
Um, one of the reasons that Demon Hunter Raven was created was to kind of help me therapeutically deal with many of the tragedies and trauma that I dealt with in my life and using it as a vehicle to kind of help um, emotionally outlet some of those ideas instead of maybe taking it out on people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, having the main character beat up five people instead of me going out and beating up five people, probably not the best idea. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, so I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> not good for your witness, if nothing else. So. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and it also is just a chance for me to share my testimony about how Jesus and, and, you know, my faith have helped me overcome a lot of these burdens and these, these issues that um, are he very heavily tied into the themes and, uh, ideas and story that is of part of demon hunter raven which is a supernatural um esque story dealt with it that's within our world um but deals within the uh spiritual side of obviously there's going to be demons there's a lot of things that come into there and uh raven is the main character and he is one of the hunters that the story follows along and it very much coincides with many of the things that i've dealt with um such as you know abuse at a young age and um just traumas, parents' divorce, heartache, yeah, the the whole rigmarole that you could you could imagine. So yeah, so that kind of speaks exactly to our first point. You know, um, again, here on Creative Creatively Christian, we like to inspire and inform, educate and empower. And that person is we like to talk about inspiration and kind of where do your ideas come from uh, mm -hmm. as a Christian creative? You know, what well do you tap into and draw from? And it sounds like you're really drawing from a a, a, a kind of a dark place, a, a place of pain, and maybe some suffer, suffering and some agony. Uh, without, yeah. you know, without you know going too deep into that, because if you don't want to, that's completely understandable. But can you tell us a little bit about how maybe um, some of those things that happened to you in the past translated to this specific story? Yeah. So no, yeah, I can speak openly about a lot of it. <clears throat> um, so one of the things that I dealt with a while was it, we, we kind of grew up in an abusive household and not the traditional kind where, you know, there, people were being physically abused. It was on a whole entire different level, not, nothing sexual like that either, but right. it was just a, a very emotionally manipulative and traumatic and, and a, a, just a lot of other things that caused a lot of stuff. Um, so I grew up being very angry and I began into a lot of fights and, uh, that got, that got me into a lot of trouble. Right. Um, a lot of people can't believe that I used to get into a lot of fights, but I mean, I ha I've had encounters where, you know, I've had guns pointed at me, mm -hmm. knives, you know, hurled at me and stuff like that. So the, the life that I live now is a hundred percent different than what I used to be at. And so this character, Adam, who becomes the, the supernatural entity, the Raven with the, um, his powers and everything is a very headstrong, aggressive, angry person that his, his whole entire worldview is, you know, I got to make things right. And, and cause so many people have wronged me. I'm, I'm due my, my end of this and I've got to go and, 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 and make things better. But unfortunately his mentality gets him into a lot of trouble because his, his thought process always is punch first and then ask questions. Maybe if he remembers, cause he, at that point he's, he's so angry. Um, and, and I can personally say at a young age that did not benefit me in that mentality and it got me into a lot of trouble. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it took quite a few years for that to become a, a sensible reality for me to um, look back and go, that, that was not smart. Um, and I would imagine it took a, a transformation of your heart as well, right? You encountered yeah. Christ and, yep. and humility and, and yeah. grace and, that, that, and, and even those people that I was angry with or like, I'll, I'll say specifically my parents, I've had such an up and down relationship with my father at the beginning of, of, of so many things that when I finally came to terms and now as a father myself, I can see many of the things and trials and tribulations he dealt with 
and, and knowing that his, he came from a divorce broken family just just as much as as i have that now i can kind of see the decisions he made and understand as a mature adult now being like okay well he made that decision based upon this idea right. and it caused this sort of transaction to happen and i can say that you know looking back at so many of those issues that you kind of start having grace for other people and start seeing them as humans and not these perfect entities that, you know, you, you take, they're up on a uh, pedestal and then you kind of start taking them down and being like, Oh, I, why, why did I hold so much perfection over them when I myself am not doing the same? Yeah. It's tough. My, I, think, I think a lot of times it's tough for kids and young people to understand that their parents mm-hmm. aren't a perfect or B really claim to be perfect. <laughs> right. You know, um, right. but it, it's, it's strange, Nicholas, that you and I, uh, because, you know, we, we met yesterday really for the mm-hmm. first time and chatted for a brief period of time. And we have similar stories to tell in our fiction and in our, in our comic, um, things that we're working on. And we've actually got similar paths. I also grew mm-hmm. up in a home, emotionally disruptive, emotionally manipulative, emotionally abusive, I would say, mm-hmm. um, even sometimes bordering on physical abuse, you could say, Right. Very estranged from my biological parents, you know, mm-hmm. uh, lots of issues. And I also struggle with anger. So maybe mm-hmm. there's something about this in our past that speaks <laughs> to these darker tales, you know, that we're telling. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of interesting as well. So I, I, I'm sorry, no, okay, I, no, I was going to say you hit something yesterday when we were talking though, that I, that this is resonating with people right now because we're not alone. Right. There are, countless people that are dealing i mean we have a lot of fatherless households across mm-hmm. all spectrums and, and and values and family households that um my my story your story are not are not unlike anybody else's we've come across and right. i think like you me and me were talking it's like it's it's important to reach out and help these people deal with those situations and to come to terms with those 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 issues that they're dealing with and so you know, we're kind of jumping over in, into empower here for a second <laughs> but i think it's pertinent to ask the question now so do you think, I know you've had some success with Kickstarter and you've mm-hmm. really seen a, a really big um, kind of a blossoming of a readership for uh, your uh, Demon Hunter Raven uh, books. Do you think that you dealing with these very deep emotional issues that are very common to a lot of homes as you posit, but doing it in a way that points people towards light and hope? Do you think that maybe could be tied into what's going on with your comics? I, th- I think yes. And then I think some people are just buying it because it's, it's a fresh new idea and because okay. <clears throat> mainstream itself isn't producing stuff that they would like to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I would say there's probably a, a 50-50 there. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as of this is probably coming out here in, in January, you said um, more people have actually read the book. So then I'll kind of know what the um, feedback will be at this point. Cause uh I'm still working on fulfillment at this moment. Okay. Um, so but this is your, this is your second book. Is that right? You. Yep. The, yep. But so we had such already... a increase in terms of uh, new readers mm-hmm. that um, the, the, now the pool to gauge it from and the feedback will be that much more of a, a wider spectrum to um, pull in from. And so um, I've got, I've got a bunch of people. I don't even know their names, right. but I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what they say and whether it, they responded to it or like what, what connected with them. So at, at this moment, I don't fully know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would, I would assume that that that's going to be a, that's going to play a huge part into it. Okay. And so in terms of your inspiration, jumping back to inspire, mm-hmm. would you say, cause it, I mean, it looks like a superhero book, right? Mm-hmm. So would you say that, um, that 
those sources of inspiration that you're drawing from that they're more inspiring to the character, the you know the way the character behaves and acts, or is it more ins an inspiration for the world and the backdrop that you're creating? Uh, a little bit of both. Um, okay. I can't deny the influence on superheroes in my work and in terms of even just my creative prowess. Um, when I was, uh, before I became a Christian, the movie Batman Begins was such a profound impact on my, my life at that point when Bruce Wayne was struggling with his the death of his parents and dealing with all this anger when i saw that in theaters i was like wait a minute what like that was me exactly at that moment like how do you deal with this anger and this right. whole entire idea of like turn it in and turn it into a vehicle and, and going around and beating the crap out of people right, um right. probably not the best idea but um mm -hmm. uh but at it that works. point it works in the genre it works in the genre yeah. and so that whole entire mentorship at the beginning with uh who was at the time you know rajah ghoul but it was ducard mm -hmm. um taken on that fatherly role and, and explained to Bruce, you know, like, you know, dealing with your anger, you know, whose fault is it really? Those were some real pivotal questions I had to start asking myself. I'm like, you know, who's actually the fault of all these issues in my life? You know, where does all this anger come from? That was a big question in my life was like, where does all this anger coming from? Because mm -hmm. like, because when I got angry, it was snap. I was gone. Oh, yeah. Like it, I was, a, I was a bull. You couldn't Preach stop it, brother. me. Preach it, brother. <laughs> I hear you, man. I'm, I'm the same way. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Which, which is scary because if my kids get me to that point, I know I have to walk away because yeah. I'm not going to be a good judgment of character. And I'm not going to hand out a, a quality punishment that will service that that harm that has occurred. I'll come out full blown angry bull, and then mm. I've I've wrecked I've wrecked everything in that situation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I can I can attest to that from my own mm -hmm. life that that um, when you discipline in anger, it's not really discipline anymore. You're crossing right. the line, and and, right. and and I've crossed that line, and not willingly. But I've done it in anger. But I, but you learn very quickly as a father if you're a loving father that, that yep. I don't want to go there again. Yep. And so you gotta have, gotta have good boundaries on yourself and the people around you. I mean, that was probably one of the first things I started learning about when I became a Christian. Is I took a, a few classes, um, and, and one of them was talking about the psychology, and we were learning about boundaries and healthy boundaries because I didn't have that at a young age about mm -hmm. learning. Because like, when you grow up in an abusive situation. Boundaries aren't necessarily something that are equivalent to your upbringing. Oh, right. Um, everything's open. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and just simply just even having the ability to tell someone no was not something I was accustomed to. Um, mm -hmm. It's either you <laughs> you gave it up freely or it got taken from you. Yeah, and, yeah, I get it. I can definitely so, relate. <laughs> Did we grow up in the same household and just not know I, it? It's... <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, this idea that, um, superheroes are very influential because to me, superheroes gave hope mm -hmm. and this idea of like this, especially Batman, this guy that had this huge tragedy happen to him and he took it into his own hands and he made it better was something that really resonated with me. Cause I was, I kept trying to figure out, I'm like, I, I don't want to be angry all the time. I don't want to be mad. Like, how do I turn this into something good? But ultimately it still wasn't the same message as what Christ gives, you know, like forgive your enemies, you know, love right. one another. Right. and accept it and, and and so a lot of it ended up just being kind of destructive because it wasn't based on anything foundational it was you know turn your anger into something good well if, if how do you turn your anger into something good you know you just right. end up getting angrier it just lingers there absolutely so does your main character raven does he does um does he learn to channel his anger into something good is that a is that a theme in your book or will it be a theme it will be a, de a theme yes definitely the the um demon hunters series is going to be um told through uh his lifespan so okay. we meet him at an early age when he becomes uh inflicted with demons and gains a source of power and, and more tragedy befalls upon him okay. and so his motivation is to though to go and hunt down demons to stop them doing the same thing that happened to him okay 
Um, so, and so it's like an origin story. Yep. Yep. And it's going to follow him through his, um, through his life uh, to a certain point. Um, mm -hmm. It's kind of always been like my version of like, what if Spider-Man actually kept going and we saw him get married and, and actually kept telling the same stories that right. we would have loved to have seen instead right. of reverting back always to like, Hey, remember when he was 16, that was fun. Let's keep going back. <laughs> yeah. Let's, um, let's reboot again. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Six more times. Yay. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Um, so so awesome so are you are, are you planning on then i mean obviously you've learned some lessons in your life mm -hmm. um are you planning on using your books um as a tool to help show others that there is a path you know a, a, an alternate yes. an alternate path that's awesome 100 percent, yes um so you'll probably see in the first few chapters the wrong way to do things and how because I, I i very much am a believer of your consequences fit your actions sure and and, and sometimes I'm, I'm also hoping that the readers are smart enough to catch on that even though he did this action and maybe it got a result, maybe it's not always the best result. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to follow in the collateral damage in the next few issues of like, well, he caused this thing and right. maybe he got the result that he needed in that moment. But now it's caused this issue that he has to deal with in this next part. So, um, oh, excellent. So he's going to have trickle down effects happening. Yes. I love yes. that. I love that. So tell us a little bit about, um, about Demon Hunter Raven in terms of scope and kind of the world is it is it a is it a cosmic uh you know comic where we're mm -hmm. world spanning and is it a guardians of the galaxy esque or is it more like a street level daredevil type uh, story where we're you know we're pretty much in one city and we're at street level for the most point dealing with you know mm -hmm. uh bad guy thugs or are we fighting aliens from another dimension so it, it very much will be akin to more like a daredevil as in it's uh, going to be very grounded mm -hmm. um but with very supernatural elements um but there will like like i said there will be supernatural elements that open up the door so he won't mm -hmm. be exactly in one place like a, a, like i said he's going to be we're going to watch him grow throughout his life mm -hmm. so while it may start in one particular place he's going to have to grow bigger and, and, and encounter more issues so as we start at the ground level we're going to take him further into other areas um it won't go into like cosmic levels it will go more into like the heavenly and, okay. and demonic places so okay. um what we might encounter as an alien or something like that might just be a demonic force behind the scenes. Okay. Um, and I really want to tie closely to biblical principles and okay. um, playing with the supernatural in the sense of um, demonic forces trying to possess people. Mm -hmm. um, because part of one of the things I want to do is I want to use real life applications for people that may be going through something. And um, while some people might enjoy the cosmic level stuff, I feel that it's my duty to do stuff more on a personal level and engage the reader that might be dealing with hardships or dealing with loss or tragedy to engage them on that level. So there, there will be opportunity to go further in terms of larger spectacle, supernatural things, but mm -hmm. you'll never see anything outside of space. Okay. I try to keep it really pigeonholed into a certain sort of thematic uh, sort of tone and area. Okay. That's great. And you have to follow your inspiration, right? And it sounds right. like, it sounds like all of this, this, this kind of this, for lack of a better term, a dark well that you're pulling from, mm -hmm. you know, that you want to transform into a pool of light um, or, mm -hmm. you know, a, a drink of light um, that it, it kind of, it kind of denotes a certain tone. It kind of denotes a certain grittiness, a certain realism. Right. Um, so, so in terms of, you were talking about bringing in, you know, heavenly realms and uh, demonic influences and things like that. So how do you balance that? with scripture and make sure you know that you're not um you know leading someone down a left-hand path or something like that right right so one of the things that i always struggle with is is the comic book industry is very much a um 
a very a sight to behold with all the images that it produces. And sometimes they're not always images that we should be seeing. Sure. And so one of the things, the gray lines that I always try to sit on is like, you know, do not cause your eye to stumble or do not cause your brother's eye to stumble. Mm -hmm. And do not, you know, like you were just saying, don't walk them down a path of, of grayness. So I always try to, to um, work on more of the positive side and, 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 and use my imagery to um, not necessarily, like I, I try to keep it PG-13. Okay. So if okay. I'm going to balance the scripture and supernatural is I want to look at how the scripture produced that or, or how, how the scripture um, tackled that issue, talked mm -hmm. about it, uh, and, and then figure out, okay, how do I, how do I proclaim or how do I uh, bring that up to our modern day audience or someone that maybe doesn't right. know the scripture and, and um, uh, use it. So, I, oh, okay. No, what I'm trying to say here is I try to use parables okay. in my stories gotcha. as a way of um, introducing the reader and, and the characters to these themes and ideas and then pinpoint them back to the or origination of that theme and, and what like even what jesus was talking about in his parables of, t of mm -hmm. teaching and, and giving these lessons learned so that people can walk that same path but then also understanding that um where that teaching comes from right and do you use scripture do you reference scripture in any of your stories um i try to i try to um frame my stories like a movie Mm -hmm. But at the end, where I kind of give my notes, I'll kind of talk about it a little bit. Some of my, my past works, I've been far more upfront about like where exactly things came from. Um, but this particular story is pulling from so many different wells and so many scriptures that like, um, I'd probably be giving out like 100 scriptures for a particular <laughs> 20 page. So um, I, for me personally, it's about uh, having that one on one interaction with someone and then giving them a guide in some form to um, go back to that. Um, so like one of the biggest ones on the end of chapter one is I talked about um, uh, putting on the whole armor of God and how we are not fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against spirits and principalities and understanding that our fight isn't with each other as against these forces that are trying to conf cause conflict, anger and all that stuff that when you, you're mad at your neighbor, you're actually causing uh, strife and that you need to right. you need to forgive. So um, I was trying to redirect back towards something simple that someone can grab on, grab a hold of. So it sounds like you have like an author's note section at the end of each book that kind of talks about the inspiration for the story and the underlying principles. Yes. Yes. I do the same exact thing. So I love it. Cool. <laughs> That's a great idea. That's excellent. All right. So speaking of that, so we're kind of leading us right into informing. So, so uh, it sounds like you're using this author's notes section of your, of each comic. I'm assuming there's one in each comic. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, depending upon the page count or like I'll, I'll, even just like if I'm on Twitter or Facebook, I'll, I kind of will just kind of pronounce my ideas. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess that's still an area that I'm I'm dabbling with. Like when we were talking yesterday, I didn't really see this actually becoming a thing. It was more or less just a, a device for me to just kind of put some some stuff into there. Right. And now that people are actually like interested in this, it's something I'm probably gonna have to beef up a little bit better. Okay. It's probably the weakest part of my of of, of the whole entire production aspect of it. Okay. Is that, is that kind of speaking truth into people's lives? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, okay. I, just giving them like a, a, a way to go back exactly to find the exact things. Cause I have several characters that are speaking uh, um, ideally in certain areas of like you know, scripture or, or, or what we do in terms of faith and that. Um, but the, the way that I write these stories is these um, I don't write for Christians. I write people that are living this real life and mm -hmm. they're Christians that are living their life and, and they're sure. doing stuff that a Christian would do. So it's not like a Christian movie where it's like a, a youth pastor is mm -hmm. trying to get his youth kids back. Like mm -hmm. there's only so many people that are going to gravitate towards that message. So right, right. Um, 
I put Christians in the middle of situations and they have to deal with it in a Christian manner and they don't always make the right decisions. You mean like the rest of us in reality? Right, exactly. <laughs> what a concept. Let's base a story I, yeah. on real life. So, so awesome. I mean, it's really important, I think, to, you know, utilize that inform aspect and to try mm-hmm. and um, at least, at least I would, I would think based on what I know about you, uh, it, it would be important to try and deliver that message, you know, in some succinct right. way, but still pointed in that people know, you know, underneath all the awesome art and all the cool creatures, yeah. and, you know, all the neat settings and the adventures that you're having is that, Hey, there really is a big point to this guys. And it's a point that's gonna, it's gonna help you hopefully just like it's helped me. So Exactly. Exactly. Cause, cause it can get really easy to get lost in all the sort of superhero muscle fights. And mm-hmm. I forget that there's, there's an actual message to be told. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot, that's where a lot of, um, a lot of comics lose their way. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I mean, I mean, if you look at like the Marvel movies, for instance, uh, almost every one of those Marvel movies with just a slight tweak, you know, mm-hmm. just a minor adjustment, they could be Christian movies very, very oh, yeah. easily, you know. Ca- Captain America, almost at its essence, is very much boiled within the, the Christian values. I mean, absolutely. absolutely, absolutely. You know, they're all pretty much champions of light, fighting forces yep. of darkness for mankind. Yep. And that's that's the savior's story. You know, it's exactly. just, a, it's just a, a variation of that one story. So I think it's important for for Christian creatives um, that are in this space to make sure that that in that informing part is not lost, that we don't get lost, like you said, yeah. in the, in the coolness and in the, and in the fights and, and all that stuff. So right. that's right. awesome. I'm glad to hear you're doing that. So I know we're going to move on to the kind of the educate portion of the, um, of the podcast. And I know that you uh, have a, a, a kind of a specialty in marketing Um, I think the way you put it was how to market your product and yourself in an oversaturated market. Is that what you said? Yep. So I know for one, uh, I don't know if anyone else listening would care to hear this, but I am chomping at the bit to know the secrets here. So, so please, uh, how, um, how are you managing to cut through the noise and market, especially in the comics market, man, because it's full of it's full of big box comic guys and middle sized guys and indie guys. And so what are your yeah. tips and tricks for kind of cutting through the noise and getting your message out there? Well, one of the first things I do is I pray over everything awesome. and I ask for God to guide me and what steps I'm supposed to go. Um, Cause we can easily set up our own be like, you know, okay, at three o'clock, I'm going to start messaging this guy, this guy, this guy, you know what it might all completely not be a, the right way to go about it. Um, right. So I've t- found if I take, if I pray and I journal, and ask the Lord, where does he want me to go with things? He's already got a game plan. And I just have to, he just has to show me a vision of it, have me write it down. And then he's, and then, and then I just start following that. Absolutely. So for those of us that know how to do that, the other practical side is, is once you, how do you, then how do you start getting out there? How do you follow that advice? So you got to go where the people are. You got to go where people are consuming products. So in a time right now where we're in the middle of a pandemic and and by the time this comes out, who knows where we're at with everything. Um, conventions shops have become a very hard thing for a lot of people to do and mm-hmm. and in some cases some of us can't even get in shops we're so low tier we don't have that access or, or the ability to even get into a shop mm-hmm. how do you find your readers right well, the great thing about crowdfunding or even being on social media is you can cut through all the third party things and go straight to a reader which involves a lot of one-on-one personal interactions so number one is if you are a mean-spirited person or you have a, a con- 
a confrontational sort of personality, mm-hmm. you might want to evaluate how you're marketing because when you're marketing yourself, you're, you're not just marketing your product, you're marketing yourself at the same time. Gotcha. So a lot of times when we're buying products, some people will, will go along with that particular creator and follow them all the way through, at least on the American industry side. Um, we can all probably say, at least in our mind picture, who Michael, Bri- Michael Brian Bendis is, mm-hmm. and we can associate him with a certain product and his, his personality and what he's done. And then we can all also assume, like if I said Frank Miller, we all probably know who that is and his sort of reputation. Um, so when I say something like, hey, that Nick Mueller guy, such and such, you need to start thinking about your reputation, how you are going to go out there. If you're confrontational, that's going to be how people respond to you and, and you can lose a lot of customers. But if, if, you're, if, if you are confrontational, you need, you need to probably look back at some stuff. Because um, what you're going to be doing is you're going to do a lot of interacting with people one-on-one. Because the biggest thing you're, as independents or anyone in general, we're going to be relying on word of mouth and um, referrals. Um, when you work on sales and marketing that stuff, um, we don't have the marketing budget to go out there and put hundreds and hundreds of pictures of our products out there. Right. So a lot of it's, you've got to be a people person. You've got to interact with other people. You've got to, you got to go out there, get in those DMS, get on people's profiles and don't just talk about your stuff. Right. Cause the best salesperson can sell you something without ever bringing up a product or what they're doing. If you come off as a genuinely nice person, and as a Christian, we should be full of the light and, and joy of the Lord. Yeah. So right then and there, that's exactly going to be our, our secret weapon in, in, in marketing ourselves is there are so many negative people out there that if we can just come in with a joyful aspect and, and burying that light, you'd be surprised how many people respond. And, yeah, and, and I think, they, yeah, as you were talking, I'm thinking everything you're saying sounds, sounds wonderful from a marketing standpoint, but it's also all the same boxes we have to check in terms of loving on people and, yeah. and discipling other believers if we encounter them or, you know, being salt and light to the lost. Yeah. And so, you know, we've got to, we got, like you said, you got to have that joy, you got to have that light. And so mm-hmm. it sounds like this kind of crowdfunding direct to reader, it, you think of them more as not just a consumer, but as a possible convert as well. You know, it's like, yep. hey, I can, I can show them some love and possibly get to tell them about the gospel. Exactly. You know, that's awesome. <clears throat> I and the other hard part, though, is 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 become coming off desperate. So, right. people make purchases; they buy things based upon an emotional response. Imagine you're at a movie theater; you're, the trailers are coming on before the, your main your main movie starts, and we all have this ability to judge that that trailer before it has ended. You know, we'll we'll watch the first trailer; wasn't funny enough. I'm not seeing that. The next one's like, "Whoa, another Fast and the Furious movie! Wow!" Like, <laughs> we we all we all respond to an emotional uh, in an emotional way. And that's how we buy stuff. We obviously have our logical needs, like, oh, yeah, I need toothpaste, I need food. But in terms of buying stuff, we're, we're, we're emotionally buying it based upon how it resonated with us. Um, so, so a lot of cases, I knew my story comes from a darker place. So my readership is probably going to fall into that demographic. Mm-hmm. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm purposely looking for people that are dealing with issues. I'm probably not going to be promoting this to, like, little kids. Right. They're not going right. to fall into that same branch. Right. And so, you're probably no, you, not going to take it to your Sunday yeah, school class, you know, right, something like that. Right. Get a lot of angry parents at me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to know who you're targeting and you'd be surprised how many people don't even like, they say, I just want, I just want readers. And you're like, well, what kind of readers? Cause right. you, like my wife and me were talking, she goes like, cause one of the hard things about crowdfunding is you'll watch that count go up in the sunny out of nowhere. You'll have five people just drop off. You're like, Oh, what did they do wrong? Right. And she goes, you know what? Maybe you didn't want those readers because maybe they wouldn't have been the right readers. And I was like, well, good point. So you want people also that are going to champion your book just as much as you're going to champion them, 
champion your book. How do you do that? You gotta, you gotta make believers by going out there and having personal one-on-one interaction with a lot of people. And that's one of the great parts of social media is it's, it, it's, it can be a cesspool. It can mm-hmm. be really hard to work with, yes. but if you are being a constant light shining there in the darkness, people are going to try and start looking and going, what is this guy all about? He doesn't start any drama. He doesn't start mm-hmm. fights right. and he's just, he's just complimenting everyone. And that's been my main mission is to get on there and just be a fan of everyone's. But a he, genuine fan, like yeah, and he doesn't and he doesn't dogpile. He doesn't jump in fights, you know, when right. they're when they're ongoing. You just kind of step back and kind of yep. hold your hands up, like okay, guys, when you get done, I'm ready to talk about comics again, right? You know, and that's and that's hard to do because honestly, mm-hmm. when you're passionate about something and then someone says something really mean right. or or obviously trying to pick a fight, it's it's not it's really easy. Like oh just oh man, how dare like. <laughs> We all become keyword warriors, and I've right. fallen into that trap a few times. Where I'm like, "How dare you disrespect Batman? Oh, he could beat Superman." Um, obviously, With one arm but, um, tied behind his back. <laughs> if he had enough prep time, um, but uh, <laughs> the old prep time argument. <laughs> um, so genuinely, this is this is another issue that I have with a lot of people is is um, when you're marketing, don't slide into someone's DM and being like just shoot them a link to your product and be like, Hey, this is my thing. It's like you, immediately. That's like a telemarketer signing up being like, Hey, uh, your car warranty is, is up. Nobody wants that call. Right, right, Nobody wants exactly. that thing. Those people, that's what you are. If you can go in and, and, and congratulate them on something being like, Hey, tenant's amazing. This story is just absolutely brilliant. And the art is amazing. How, you know, how can I get this or how can I find more of this? How can I share this more? If you come in there offering help, Mm-hmm. And they might not recognize it. There's been guys that have done this to me that have been like offering help for me. And then I turn around, I'm like, oh, this guy's really nice. And I started looking, I'm like, oh, he's a creator too. And then we started talking back and forth. And now we're best friends. Yeah. And now we both promote each other's books. And now we're all working on something together. And mm-hmm. guess what? You've just now created a network. Mm-hmm. And now you're networking mm-hmm. with people. Right. So if for the number one problem that I always had is I didn't know how to network with other people because I was trying to sell them a product. Right, right. And And so many people go about that wrong because you don't need to sell a product. You need to... You need to create readers. You need to create friends. So that also means putting out a lot of free products. Right. That so a lot gonna, of people. Yeah, that was going to be my next question, but go ahead. I didn't want to cut you off. Oh, yeah. So uh, in, a, in a large, so in this oversaturated market, there's a lot of people putting out stuff. And, and so number one, people are going to judge you based upon the product and the product by itself. Mm-hmm. And so when I asked people, I said, you know, why are we all, you know, why are you mostly backing products or why are you reading stuff? They said, well, first I want to support the, the creator mm-hmm. and, and then I want to support the book. So you've right. got two things that people are looking for is the creator and the book itself. Mm-hmm. If they just want to support the book, they probably don't care about you, but a lot of people are coming in to follow the creator. Right. So in that case, we need to keep a viable product out there by putting out something free because mm-hmm. You want to also save yourself the effort of when they finally get the book. They're like, oh, this isn't what I was expecting. Well, if you put out something free that is at least has a good quantity of what the message or the story you're telling, people can kind of be like, oh, okay, yeah, this is for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of us are unknowns. We have right. nothing behind us. Right. And so we need something that people can be like, oh, no, yeah, this is pretty good. I want to check it out further. Um, and having so something free. Oh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. No, good. Having something free. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Having something free also gives some direction. It, right. um, it allows you to kind of play to, to, to give that hand that over to people that might be reviewing stuff. Um, Cause you don't want to give away everything for free, but you want to have enough enticing material that draws people in. We can't all be Jim Lee's um, mm-hmm. Mark Silvestri is out there, you know, putting out awesome content right. and, and amazing art. Like we're probably not all to that level. And a few of us probably are, but you know, there's not, everyone's going to be at that same thing. So 
how do you go from an unknown to, to having your, yourself known? You, know, you got to network, you got to connect with people. Don't sell people a product. If you have something free, you know, like everyone knows when you're selling something. Everyone knows. Right. So, you, especially, especially if you're on Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and don't just put up a Kickstarter because you want, you want readers then. Like you need to work on a following. You need to work on right. getting people behind you. Right. And uh, my first failure was that I only promoted on Instagram before when my first one started, the first Demon Hunter chapter. And, and I had promoted that. I had so many people are excited for the book. And I had a lot of one-on-one -on -one interactions with people. Like everything was going good. And then I dropped the link and I sat there and nobody came. Oh, wow. And I went, oh, no. And I was like, what, what happened? What happened? Nobody yeah. from Instagram came. And I have a healthy size following on there. Mm -hmm. I thought. Um, so then the next day I went over to Twitter and I was like, I'm in trouble. I've got to start marketing this elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly people started backing the book. These people didn't know me. And they just thought it was a cool concept. And then I had people from Facebook start coming in. But all these people that knew on me on Instagram had to come in. And, and the reason behind that is I've given out so much free content oh. that none of them really cared to buy an actual product off of it. Okay. So there's a, there is an actual, you, you need to know, this is, this is the hard part. And this, this is where it can become a real issue because I fell into this too, is, is sometimes you can create your audience to just consume nothing but free stuff. Right. By the time you ask them for money, they're like, I'm good. Yeah, I've, I've already got three books worth of art. Why do I need to pay you? Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, so that, go ahead. I was gonna say, it's, it's a real balance act. And, and that's where, because um, you don't know where your readers are gonna get come from. Right. It's, it's, they do talk about curating and creating your audience. And that mm -hmm. is very true at the same time. It's a complete stroke of luck. Um, obviously we pray over it, but uh, it's, not gonna, it's not just gonna be one perfect move and boom, you've got it all right. This is thousands of little steps. Um, when I worked in the marketing world, uh, one of the things that we talked about is you might not make a sale off of someone that first interaction. It might be 10, it might be mm -hmm. five to 10 interactions before that person's like, hey, you know, man, yeah, okay, I'll check this out. Um, I had people that have been following me for a year mm -hmm. that backed, backed my book on this last campaign, the last day on the last eight hours. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I was just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there's a marketing principle, so the seven touch principle or something like yeah. that, that. They say, yeah, you have to actually make seven quality touches with one possible convert before they become a customer or something like yep. that. Is that right? Yep. So I want to jump back to the the free stuff because I, mm. I learned that lesson as well. And it's it can be challenging if you're a young or, uh, or, or a Christian creator who's just starting out, maybe not young, right. not like me and ancient uh, and alive when the dinosaurs ruled the earth, but you're just starting out. Right. Um, how, how do you balance or how do you how do you figure out exactly how much do I spend on a free product? Because whether, whether, you know, like you, you're an author and artist, you're kind of everything in one, you're doing right. pretty much all the work on your books. Um, or if, if you're like me and, you know, you have trouble drawing a stick figure, <laughs> I can write the stories, but I don't, I don't draw very well. So I've got to go buy that art. I've got to go pay for right. someone to make that art. So what's your advice for a new creator what's the line, you know, what's the amount you maybe want to spend, whether it's in time or actual money before mm. you say that's enough on a free product. That's kind of where I'm going to put the free product bucket. And now I'm going yeah. to start working on something for, for profit. Yeah. So that boils down to what your budget looks like. Um, so let's say the, the average cost per making a 20 page issue, let's say the artist costs a hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. and, and let's assume that 
maybe he's not doing color inside. So you got to hire a colorist mm -hmm. and then you got to hire a letterer. Maybe you're hiring an editor. So overall you can, you can range anywhere from 2000 to $6,000 in terms of one 20 page book. So these things right. are expensive to make and you may yes. not make that money back. Right. Um, so, and then you have to have promotional images as well. Mm -hmm. um, that's one of the things that really helped me on this next, on this latest camp uh, Kickstarter was having promotional images to sell it because um, you have such a wide variety of people that are buying off of these sites that they might only be in it for a cover. They don't care about the story. Right. And, and you could be picking up so many different people from some, so many different ranges of um, purchasing options. Mm -hmm. um, so when you're looking at your budget and you're looking at putting out something free, based upon the value of what you can spend, um, if you only have five to $100 to spend, um, make some really great, awesome five page samples okay. and, and, and just make them like the beginning of your trailer, like make it exciting, enticing, like make that the best. Cause, cause anytime you're going to make something, make sure it is the best of the best. Right. Um, because, because if that's all you got, you want to go out a hundred percent, even more than that. Um, so if you've only got $500 to spend, um, don't go above that. Cause your, your RTI, your return on profit mm -hmm. can't, you, you can't be going in the hole because you're doing it wrong. Then I'm, um, you overextend yourself and then now you've you're in debt and now you're not making a comic anymore. Now you're paying off artists. And, right. and, and, and the other part too is, is um, you have to be careful who you do business with. Um, you have to vet who you're working with. Right. Um, just because you want to hire an artist and their stuff is, is extraordinary. Maybe they're not on time. Maybe their right. reputation isn't very good because maybe they, they dodge or they ghost or they, they take mm -hmm. your money. Mm -hmm. and, and go and research the, like find out other creators they've worked with and find out like hey are they good do they do they respond on time um do you know the quality of art can be amazing but you gotta make sure who who you're working with who are you um who you know are you are you, all on the, are you equally yoked and, mm -hmm. and, and in some cases you know that might not always be the case um right. so you have to figure out you know are you doing one issue with this artist how how far on do you go because relationships change mm -hmm. we're on the indie side where we're not doing 12 books a year we're right. doing maybe one book a year two mm -hmm. books a year and, and maybe some of these people have visions of going out, you know, 10 years worth of stories. Well, you, how many people in the indie scene continuously keep that going, that flow going? Right. So when you plan out something, plan out for every three months. Okay, this is what I'm going to tackle. I can put out this and then, you know, produce some, some more promotional stuff. Like, let's say you've got, you've got some character ideas, you know, create some cool promotional stuff. You know, there's, we call it key art in marketing mm -hmm. uh, of create something that, that expands upon this idea because what you're trying to do at this stage is you're trying to entice people with your idea right. as you're working on getting a finished product. Um, so one of the, one of the, the, the things that we can fall into, like um, we were talking about is, is falling into an audience that only consumes free stuff. Right. So you can put out a whole book for free and be like, all right, you can buy it. And people are like, <laughs> no, I, I'm good. But if you entice them with more ideas of like, this is going to continue further down the road. Right. And that's really hard to balance because you, the free stuff is also supposed to help kind of drive away the people that aren't interested in your book. And they're not mm -hmm. just going to like take your money and be, and then never come back. Cause you want people that are going to be sustainable, that they're going to keep coming back for more. Right. Um, right. And that's where it gets harder because there's not going to be a, a, a right way or a wrong way to do it. It's, it's whatever works for you. It's, it takes a lot of experimenting because what works for me hasn't worked for five other people. Mm -hmm. And, but mm -hmm. what did work for, for me may have worked for like two other people. So it's, it's a trial by fire. You're, you're really, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. You're probably going to end up face palming and, and just, you're, you're going to fail a lot. Um, I think, and I think that's a big lesson for a new creator is don't be afraid of those mistakes. You know, yeah. don't be afraid of failure. Um, 
you know, because that's just going to teach you something not to do next time. So, right. Um, so it sounds like that, um, that in terms of for those new creators, uh, you don't want to, you want to figure out what your budget is. You want to spend uh, some percentage of that budget towards that free promotional product and get free help where you can. I think that's another great lesson yeah. is that as you're forming these relationships that you were speaking about earlier, sometimes you can collab with people, you know, sometimes yeah. if someone really likes your idea, you know, and you, maybe you're a writer and you, you know, pair up with an artist and say, Hey, you know, if this thing goes big, we'll split it 50, 50. If you yeah. throw in art, I'll throw in words. So that's another, another good way. You can kind of get around that free, uh, the cost of that free product as well. Yeah. So. And, and cross promotion is such a big thing because I mean, that's why the big two have always done it for years. Like Spider-Man teams up with a fantastic four, like they're right. bringing in that audience of that of that brand and with this other audience and now maybe they'll interconnect and they'll start buying the same product and mm -hmm. it's no different in the indie world I, yeah. I think i've had a chance to collab with quite a few people and, and kind of cross promote amongst each other because because you want to go where the people are buying stuff so one of the things you can kind of figure out is like are you going to places where people are f consuming only free products or are you going to places where people are buying stuff mm -hmm. and um that can be hard because you gotta go find them Right. That old saying, if you build it, they will come, used to be true way back in the day when there's right. far less selection and choices. It's Today, it's now, yeah, you got to bring it to them. You got to show it off and, right. and not be annoying at the same time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And speaking of collabs, we're going to be doing a little something in the future, right? Yes, so, yes. Well, we'll drop that little teaser out there for people. Hey, maybe <laughs> maybe by the time this airs, it'll be done. Who knows? But anyway, we'll, you never know. We'll, we'll you never see. Know. So. So one more question on education and uh, on the educate section of the show before we move into empower. Um, kind of what was your big uh, light bulb moment, you know, along your path as a creator? You know, at some point you weren't creating Demon Hunter Raven and now mm -hmm. you are. So what was the light bulb moment that said, you know what, this, this is how I'm going to deal with this. This is how I'm going to deal with this. I've got a problem. I want to create this thing. What was that moment? Wait, you know, I haven't had one one big one it's been mm -hmm. thousands of little ones along the way awesome. of um so originally demon hunter was going to be a webtoon of, okay. i wanted to get on the webtoon platform and, and mm -hmm. kind of get under that because um that was what was happening at that time that was a big deal mm -hmm. um and then i kind of started realizing my audience wasn't there they weren't really taking a part in it and it just it failed miserably mm -hmm. and so i had to pick it apart and be like you know what's working what's not working uh, the original version of Demon Hunter is completely different than what people have nowadays. And I can, oh, wow. I, we can all say that we've probably redone our creative um, stuff thousands of times and what mm -hmm. people end up with isn't what they had. Um, but it's like night and day. Um, right. The story was far more focused on the tragedy mm -hmm. and, and self pain and suffering and stuff compared. And it was just, it just felt like it was more of an emotionally depressive story that like by the time people are done reading it, they're just like, Oh, that was sad. I didn't enjoy any of this. <laughs> I and was uh depressed. yeah and so i always liked in the movie inception by christopher nolan when they're trying to figure out how to um get in get into this guy's dreams and steal some information from him they were debating like okay um let's let's make him have a nightmare or something and guys like no guys people people respond better to positive emotions mm -hmm. people are more likely to resonate more and, and when we think of like the the marvel movies and the dc movies like dc is kind of a dark depressing place right i right. some of the more uplifting characters mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and marvel's fun it's it's a party it's 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 really right. cool and and while maybe not everyone likes it there's there's a reason why their their movies are bringing in large crowds mm -hmm. um that's a really that, good point i've never thought of that you know i've never really realized that so i guess it's always in the back of my brain yeah but i've never heard anybody put it as succinctly as that that's a really really yeah. good point so, so i guess you could say the the big light bulb moment for me was when i had to 
I had to, as myself, step away from my creation and ask myself, would I buy this? Is this something that if I was walking through a store and say, hey, this was like something I would buy, or was I so in love with my own creation that I couldn't, I couldn't see the flaws for what it was? And I was just being like, this is perfect. People should just buy it as is. Like, it's <laughs> just a really bad idea. So when I, when I took myself away from the product and, and looked at it as a, as a consumer and went, no, this, this needs to change. This can't go out like in this measure. I can't just be in love with the product and, and what I came up with. I have to view it as, as another person and going like, well, this sucks. I wouldn't do this. And um, it makes, it makes reviews a lot easier because I can yeah. be just as detached and be like, yeah, you're right. That does suck. Right. Oh, no, that, that's, that's actually, good. that's a killer point. And it leads right into the empower section of the show and that, you know, a lot of, a lot of creatives, whether they're Christian or not, frankly, mm-hmm. have a really tough time detaching from their creation and looking yeah. at it with kind of non rose colored glasses and just being very frank about their creation. And I think, right. That is such an empowering thing. When you learn to do that as a creator, you know, you can go, you know what? Yeah, that, that part of the story really doesn't work. I got to, I got to overhaul that, you know? Right. So, um, or do you have any other kind of empowering, you know, tips that you can give to young creatives out there uh, mm. kind of along those same lines? Any other, any other tricks that Nicholas has learned? Make it original, make it fresh. People can tell when you're borrowing from other people. Okay. Um, and I'm not saying it in a sense of like, I was inspired by this or, or like this, I'm paying homage to this. I'm talking about straight up stealing other people's stuff. Like sure, sure. it's, it's, there's so many people that when they first start creating, they want to re, they, they want to kind of go off of what they've seen. Right. Right. And, and then the second thing too, is, is ask yourself, what, what platform do you want to be at? Do you want to be up there with the big guys or do you just want to sell books? Like you just want to kind of just have a little spot for yourself. And so if you want to be with the big guys, like in the mainstream comic industry, look at what's being sold, look at the professionalism behind each product and ask yourself, can you, can you produce something like, are you producing something like that? And that was a big thing for me to look back at my past previous projects, which no one's going to look at um, and and kind of go, you know what? No, this isn't up to that level. This isn't there. Um, Mm -hmm. And that kind of goes a little hand in hand again with like being in love with your product so much that you can't, you can't differentiate the flaws from, from the, the good things and, and stepping back from stuff. And then I said this earlier, but the biggest thing you have to do is you have to pray over your product. You have to pray over your creative process. Um, cause, cause if you just go out there, just putting out something and you're just, you know, you're, you're swinging and you're missing is God's going to help you hit those home runs. He's going to help you get it to the people that it needs to go to. Um, cause one of the biggest, biggest things that I ended up doing in my first campaign was I, I was, I, I became desperate because mm-hmm. nothing worked. Well, because you know what? I wasn't praying over anything. I wasn't following the divine plan he had for me for even this great process. I mean, we, we can talk about having God's will in our life for following like marrying the person we're supposed to, you know, going to the places we need to. But sometimes I think as great as we forget to divinely be inspired by him mm-hmm. in the things that he wants to put out to us. Um, one, of my, one of my biggest sayings is, is, is God gave me this gift to do this. And I want to get, I want to glorify him by giving it back to him. Absolutely. And, and walking alongside with him in this process. So um, if you're not walking with him, he can't bless you in the process. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so many Christian creatives miss that mark. You know, yeah. they think they think that God is only the God of the big decisions in their life, but he's not. Yeah. He's the God of every little decision. And he wants to be intimately involved in every aspect of your life. And, and you're right. He wouldn't have gifted you to be an artist and an author um, yeah. If he didn't want you to use those words and images to somehow bring him glory. And so exactly who better to consult than, you know, the architect of all, you know, it's just exactly. that's the way to go. So 
That's awesome. So we're kind of talking a little bit about intersection of faith and creativity here. So, so, you know, as a creator, sometimes that's tough to manage, Mm -hmm. you know, because creativity is a very, well, let's say intrinsically, it can be a self-glorifying thing, right? I made this, I wrote this. Yep. So what are some tips and tricks that you can give um, or some advice that you can give to new Christian creatives or folks that are maybe struggling in that area about unhinging um, that self-promotion and that self-glorification and learning how to glorify God? You know, that's that's actually a really good question, because that could almost go hand in hand with this addiction that people have with social media of getting likes and, 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 and getting this sort of self uh, um, euphoric feeling of like, I'm important. I've gotten 300 likes. I got 12 likes. And, and, and the difference is, is you can spend an hour working on something, put it up there, get no likes. You know what? It's an amazing piece. Just didn't resonate with anyone. No problem. You can put up something that you spent five minutes on, put it up there, it gets 400 likes. Right. And suddenly, boom, it's, it, there's no rhyme or reason to a lot of it. It's just, there's so many interconnecting things that can play into it. And I've, I've had that happen too, where I put up something and I thought it was amazing. And then it didn't respond in any sort of way. Right. Um, and then there's the other habit too, where you put up something and everyone loves it. You're getting talked up and everything. Everyone's like, this guy's great. Oh, he's really good. And you know what? That's just as bad. Right. So I think it, it falls back in the line of like, you got to step back. You got to, you got to kind of detach yourself from this thing and you have to view it as a job. You have to view it as a job as in like, you know, you're, you're producing this, you have to do this and then walk away and be like, all right, um, I did that job. Mm-hmm. People liked it. Uh, which can be kind of hard because at the same time you have to be personal and interacting with people with people one-on-one. But if you view yourself on the same level playing field with everyone else that you're with out there and you're enjoying this as just as much as they're enjoying it and you're enjoying their stuff just as much, it, it takes a lot of that sort of part of it out of it. Because if you focus more on everyone else's product and, and what they're working on, it kind of diminishes your feelings towards your own stuff. And you're, you're more excited about other people. Like there's a few guys that I'm just, I'm just absolutely excited about their stuff. Like there's this thing called tenant that's going to be coming out. Like there's a book coming out about that. So if you can always just kind of take yourself away from, from what you're working on and go and promote other people. Um, because we can, we can easily promote our own stuff all day and every day. Sure. But um, if we turn around and be like, you know what, uh, I'm not promoting myself today. I'm going to promote, I'm going to promote Tenet. I'm going to promote The Flock. I'm going to promote Clayman. I'm going to promote Bump Back. I'm going to promote Regs. And, 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 and those are the way that we can, we can give back to other people. And we can show Christ's love by, by being selfless because um, that's such a struggle. Mm-hmm. It, can, it can be really easy because that can even fall into the parts of being desperate. Of like, I got to get new followers. I got to see my right. count go up. And right. I, think, I think you hit on it right there at the end. You know, I think you kind of put a point to, to the statement in that. It's all about being selfless. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's, that's really the only way that we can unhinge, um, you know, this kind of self-focused thing that is tied up in creativity and right. point to God. And, and, and in the same way in our lives, anything that we do, not necessarily creativity, but, but anything that we do, you know, right. um, any action that we take or the money that we make or the house that we live in. Uh, if we go, you know, it's, it's not by my will, but, you know, by his yeah. will, you know, exactly. <laughs> he did all this. I'm just the recipient and I'm really, really grateful. So absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. Well, we're kind of wrapping up here. Um, and uh, I would love if you would, Nicholas, just to tell us a little bit about maybe um, uh, some maybe new something that you've got coming out um, maybe uh, in the in the future. And again, bear in mind, there may be a couple of months before this yeah. goes live. So what what is in the future for Nicholas? So um, by the time that this is coming out, sorry, excuse me, 
we should be prepping up for chapter three and it's many uh, giant amount of things. As we're, as we're recording this right now, I'm trying to figure out all the little things that I'm putting up together here so that by March I can be ready for my next thing here. So okay. um, there's gonna be a, a various amount of books that are gonna be coming out if that's at, within the end of February, March awesome. is what I'm pushing for. Um, some cool covers. Um, I don't have any of that stuff locked in yet. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I'm, I'm right now, I'm just in that mode of going, um, I'm, I'm preparing for that stuff. So I don't know exactly what I have yet. Okay. Right. No <laughs> I've problem. got a lot of promote cross promotion stuff going on and working with people. I don't know what's going to be in place yet. Well, can, can you drop any names about any cross promotion yet? Or is all that still under wraps? I know you um, and I are going to, you and I are yep. going to be doing some cross promotion. So it's going to be a, hopefully a, a demon hunter, Raven and tenant crossover. Yep. Any, anything else you can drop now? Or is it all still secret? Um, well, none of it's secret. I just don't know whether it's going through or not yet. Um, okay. One of the guys that had a perk on this last campaign, uh, which was become your own demon hunter, mm -hmm. um, because we only had two people ended up going under that. Um, and I was just, he came up with such an, an awesome backstory. Right. Uh, we're going to do like a, a quick 12 page little thing for him. Awesome. I don't know how we're putting it out there, um, but it's his character. He's wrote a really awesome story. Um, and it takes place within the universe, but it's outside of the, the main story. It's just a really cool side adventure people can read about this character. Awesome. Um, I'm designing the character right now. So by the time that this probably airs, that will already probably be revealed and everything. So um, cool. Uh, I'm trying to think here. I'm, I've, got, I'm, I've got so many things in play, but none of it is actually a go yet. Or That's okay. That's it's, not a it's in the pre-production. <laughs> <laughs> it's all secret. You have to have an NDA. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, well, tell us a little bit about where folks can find your stuff now. So I know you just finished up a Kickstarter that was super successful, like 700 or more percent uh, funded. Yeah, um, yeah. So for listeners, where can they go find stuff about Demon Hunter and Nicholas today? So if you go to bmrcomics.com, that'll be the main hub for all things and where you can get the books. Um, it'll have the link for all my socials on there. Okay. Um, Otherwise, you can find me under Nicholas Raven Mueller pretty much anywhere else. But yeah, bmrcomics.com is, is the actual publishing site. Awesome. And what is, and can I ask what BMR stands for? Yeah, it's just a bunch of random words. It was, it's actually Blue Moon Rising. Oh, and okay. uh, I, I, was, I was trying to form my LLC and I was like, dang it, that name's taken. Oh, that one's taken too. And I was like, fine, I just put some random letters together. I was like, Blue Moon Rising, there we go. And it was, it was, it was free. So I was like, yes, I got one. It's like looking for a domain name, right? Oh, it's like, it's terrible. Well, and then right. and then I started going for the domains, and I I was like, I spent a whole day making sure it wasn't taken, and it wasn't mm -hmm. taken. I come All back right. a week later, and I found someone that had it under like a different sort of like it was it was BMR, but it was like slightly different. I was like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> ah! And it, and it only existed for like eight months before that, so I was like, I, Okay, Google, thanks for the help. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for revealing my secret plan, Google. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Yeah. So you're on Instagram and Twitter and DMR Comics. Oh, you're on Facebook as well. Okay. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Well, I'll, I'll definitely have to follow you on Facebook. I don't think I am. And I, fo uh, I follow Brainy Pixel on there. So. All right. Okay. Um, well, that's on me. I should, I should follow you uh, in response. <laughs> And uh, I am just trying to understand Instagram. So I'll have to go follow you over there it's, as well. It's, a, it's almost non-workable at this point. They removed the organic <laughs> uh, um, uh, ability to, to see things. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's basically gone downhill. You have to pay for them to even show your stuff. Like, Are it, you serious? It's, it's terrible. It's, Facebook has better engagement. Instagram, unless you, unless you started like five years ago, mm -hmm. um, you probably have a good platform and a way to show your stuff. 
Um, but if you're new and you don't get a really good, like sizable audience right away, they pretty much just cut you and they, oh, wow. they throttle your um, engagement and, and your ability to see stuff. Like I have over a thousand people on my, on my followers there, but only 90 people see my stuff under analytics. Oh, um, that's crazy. Well, yeah, there's so a good hide, tip, there's yeah, a good tip so, for you. Don't spend time on Instagram. So don't yeah, waste time. If you do, you got to hit it hard real fast and get mm -hmm. engagement up real quick. Gotcha. Um, otherwise it throttles you. And then if they declare that you're too spammy, they'll just completely shadow ban you, which happened to oh. me last week. So that's crazy. Yeah. It's, you got to play that card. Cause like I ended up getting like four or five backers from that platform. Mm -hmm. So it, you put, you put, you could put so much effort into that platform and then get so little results. And it looks nice. Cause I've got all the analytics and the engagement you would want to see, but now the actual proof of it. <laughs> <laughs> So I so guess the long story short, if you like posting stuff from your phone, go to Instagram. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise go elsewhere. All I right, like so, using it as a, like a collage though, for people that, that want to see the, the progress yeah. of items. It's, it's a really good sort of like photo gallery of, yeah. of people can view things in progress. So I don't necessarily almost use it like for a you. mood board, you know, so you can get a feel yeah. for something. Yeah. yeah. Cause, cause Facebook and Twitter, things can get lost so easily, but yeah. there people can get like a really cool history of like, wow, this is how far this went. Oh, cool. That's cool. All right, so BMR Comics, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, you can find Nicholas and Demon Hunter Raven. Is that right? Right on. All right, awesome. And we're going to post all those links in the show notes, uh, make it really easy for folks to jump on board and start following you and friending you and liking you and loving you and hearting you and hugging you and whatever else you do on all these social right media on. platforms. <laughs> Nicholas Mueller, thank you so much for coming on. Any parting words before we pray in closing? God bless you guys and just keep creating, keep hustling, keep working. All right. Awesome. Great words from a great man. And he is living all those words. And so I'm going to close this out with a prayer here on creatively Christian. So let's, let's go to the father. God in heaven, we just come before you and we just praise your name. We, we are so, so, so thankful for your intention in our lives, for your uh, intricate plan uh, for humankind long before, um, uh, long before time began. We thank you for being the supreme creative being in all the universe. And we thank you for making us creative uh, in your image. And I thank you so much for uh, the opportunity to talk to Nicholas today. I pray for him and for his uh, five children, for his wife, for his family. Uh, I just pray your blessings over, over them. And I pray your blessings over his creative endeavors as he, as he seeks your face in prayer, Father. I, I pray that his, the Holy Spirit will we'll, uh, engender upon him uh, ideas and directions and confirmation of choices um, and that he will continue to boldly proclaim uh, your name and share his testimony through uh, his art. Uh, thank you so much for the opportunity to speak to whomever is listening and I pray your blessings upon them um, if they be your children and if they're not father I pray that the light of the gospel will be revealed to their eyes and they will come to know truth um, the way, the truth, and the life, which is uh, Christ Jesus, your son, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, Nicholas. Thanks so much, man. I cannot wait to have you on again. Uh, this yeah. is not the last time you will be on again. Cool, cool. Um, and maybe next time we'll have a whole list of Christian creative collaborators where we're all working together on some cool comics or something. That'd be pretty sweet. All right. Awesome, man. Well, um, I will be uh, talking to you real soon. Uh, be blessed until then. Thank Take you very much. All right, man. Thanks so much for listening today. To see the show notes where we put resources mentioned in this episode, you can head over to theophanymedia.com forward slash Nicholas.
Creatively Christian is a product of Theophany Media. You can find out more at theophanymedia.com. This show is hosted by Brandon Hollingsworth, Andrea Sandifer, Bill Brooks, and Lynn Baber. Our logo is by Bill Brooks. Our music is by Bill Brooks and Andrea Sandifer. To join our paid membership, the Creatively Christian Club, which includes exclusive content, networking events, and masterminds with expert creatives, just go to club.theophanymedia.com. Have a blessed day, and keep on creating for our Lord.